great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Wednesday, I'm camping and there's only one day left. The end is in sight and we got a jam-packed Wednesday edition of Shout at Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you as always by Tops, Tops Friendly Markets, the best burger deals in town. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger tops world of burgers it's yours to explore ryan talbot how are you my friend hey i am doing great man i I love the energy you know the end of camp is here and i can hear it in your voice uh and i'm ready to talk some bills football we should have been recording for the pregame ritual when i was slapping myself in the face and getting jacked up i gotta tell you like the grind of camp is it's it's finally really starting to wear a little bit. Like I am tired, have my coffee here, but there's way too much stuff to get into. The, the energy is just, it's, it's coming out of me. And, and a great take here by Dustin in the YouTube comments. Um, you know whose stock is way up? Tops Burgers. So that's. I love it. See, they, they're even getting used to our transitions. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I went there and. Might be a nice day to throw some burgers on the grill. My son Owen's birthday. Happy birthday, Owen. Uh, I might make him a little cheeseburger later. Oh, man. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, shout out uh, from Shout. All right. Let's get to Latavius Murray because we've talked about him all offseason long as like this sneaky, like guy the Bills always liked. Brandon Bean was always kind of chasing him. And he's just, he's Mr. Steady. He's Mr. Reliable. He's always available, it seems, right? And it's kind of the opposite story for Damian Harris, a guy that has really been banged up the last couple of years, probably led to why the Patriots didn't want to resign him. We get it, you know, two weeks into training camp and a knee issue comes up, uh, pops up here for Damian Harris. Availability is your best ability. And like Latavius Murray now over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll see how this Damian Harris um, story develops. If he miss an extended period of time, we didn't get a uh, designation on him outside of uh, it being uh, a, a knee injury. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But Latavius Murray takes full advantage today, taking two throws from Josh Allen for big time gains. We're talking like 30 ish yard gains, like the run after the catch, you know, the getty up that we've seen him going against third teamers. Most of training camp, you saw it on both of those um, plays. And he's somebody that like, he's deceptively fast. And he also operates really good in the passing game. I think he's like the perfect, if not for Damian Harris being here, he would be the perfect like sidekick to James cook because when he's on the field, sure. You can run it. You can get physical, but he can all, he's got better hands than you think. He's got very good hands. I was actually just looking it up, Matt. I mean, he has multiple seasons with 20 plus receptions, a few with 30. And and I think one season where he had 41 receptions. So he he's this sneaky player on this depth chart where, uh, you have to feel good about it. When you look at the bills, having James cook at the top, Damian Harris, and then Latavius Murray, 
Murray's a big back in terms of his size. He catches you off guard when you first see him in person. He's physical, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's reliable, as you mentioned. The durability isn't a concern. Uh, so if you're a Bills fan sitting here wondering about like the depth at running back, they are three deep. And you know, with Harris having the history of getting banged up, missing games here and there, it's so important to have a back like Latavius Murray. And today his number gets called and he has a, a big day for the Bills. Yeah, and, and, and Murray um, at 33 years old is a guy that has seen so many different combinations of backs in a backfield. Like he, every kind of thing, he's been behind the star. He's been a part of a committee. Like he has experienced everything and probably takes those experiences and brings them to Buffalo and, and how best to approach things with Cook as the defined number one. And then you have Damian Harris, who's a guy who – you know, was previously a day two pick and was a RB one for the Patriots for a little while. So you have a lot of uh, talent in that room and you have a couple of young guys in Darrington Evans and uh, Jordan Mims, who, by the way, Mims has had a really solid training camp when he's been given opportunities. I felt like he's run the ball pretty well too. So I think that that to me now is Mims is the priority practice squad guy, just because I don't know if Evans is going to have enough time to make an impact in the past game. And I think, you know, Mims has been almost playing more than Evans and he's younger and he's somebody that you know, maybe the Bills can look to develop a little bit. Yeah. And the Bills had to like Mims to bring him in as the UDFA after the draft was over. They did their due diligence on him. He's been in the system. Now, mind you, it hasn't been significantly longer, but he's had more of a, a grasp of the playbook. So there's a lot of things pointing in his favor. Uh, if Evans had been more in the mix in terms of maybe the return game, he wasn't really even listed on the initial depth chart as a returner. Um, then maybe he could get the nod, or maybe they both land. Who knows? I mean, there, there's plenty of spaces on the practice squad, but I would agree with you that Mim seems to be uh, that priority running back for the practice squad. And they've developed some guys over, over the past few years, some guys that have landed elsewhere and, and done a nice job uh, across, the le- across the league. Raheem Blackshear comes to mind. Antonio Williams was just recently working out for another team, but was with the Giants for a little bit. So the Bills do seem to have an eye for finding those uh, UDFA type of backs, those late backs, and and developing them and bringing them along. One thing that I want to ask um, the the tech folks over at uh, Shout uh, Buffalo Bills Insider Text Group, I, we got to get a response rate comparison. Ryan versus Matt overall, like who's sending the most tweets back or tech tweets text back uh, to subscribers because man, I'd give you the MVP award for the last two days. Your, your, your texting fingers got to be sore, buddy. You know, what? I love it though. It's great to interact with the bills mafia and the shout insider text group. Uh, a lot of the great questions coming from them. I like re- being able to respond right back as do you. Uh, and it's been, a, it's been a nice way to get to know the bills mafia on a more of a personal level as well. Yeah. I mean, I started sending out, um, text messages this morning at 922 got a couple out uh after ken dorsey's press conference then obviously the observations that started to trickle out at the end of practice and it's a nice way to kind of get some immediate feedback there from uh you know bills fans about what they're thinking and then we can bring that to the podcast as well like great questions you know great um great takes great observations it's a great back and forth and you can become an insider right now all you have to do is text 716 Five two eight six seven two seven. Ryan, we're at three hundred subscribers. Bills Mafia. I mean, is there a better fan base in the world? 
No, there is not. And uh, again, thanks, Bills Mafia. I mean, we just kicked this thing off, and it's exciting. Training camp's ending, but preseason's here. Uh, Roster cutdown time is right around the corner. You're going to get exclusive news and information before anyone else. So thank you for uh, helping us get off to a hot start here out of the gate. So I want to get into the slot-wide receiver competition because if you go and look at the Bills' initial um, depth chart, you'll see that there's four positions and we didn't do a podcast on this. We probably could have, but it was an off day where they listed four positions, two players listed at one spot with like just a, a slash in between their names, as opposed to, you know, you look at right guard and definitively Ryan Bates is the, the right guard. And then his backup is Osiris Torrance right now. And, you know, Ken Dorsey was asked about that. And he said, listen, it's a really close competition. It's one that, you know, both guys have done some good things. We've talked about it. Um, we can probably shoehorn in Torrance here real quick before we get to the slot wide receivers. In the last couple of days, it hasn't been great, Ryan, in pass protection. He's, the, he's looked really good when they've been running run-heavy sets. But once he's asked to hold up in pass protection, especially when he's in on the first team, you know, he struggled a little bit, which I think is – you don't want to overreact to it because I think this stage, you want to see a little struggle just so he can try to make some adjustments. So, like – you're going up against Daquan Jones, who's one of the best three-technique pass rushers in the NFL. That is a lot to walk into day one. Um, Joshua, by the way, how are the turkey burgers this year? We haven't had one. Oh, no. We had one. They're about the same, Ryan. They're about the same. But anyway, uh, they're good. They're good. They're solid, they're solid meal. Um, I, Torrance has some work to do because right now the Bills are slating him behind Ryan Bates. And, you know, the guy's experience, they, that, that, that's always the safer bet. But if he doesn't really show out in the preseason games, I think we could be looking at, you know, Ryan Bates starting the year at right, right guard. And, and that does make sense. I mean, we've speculated, we've talked a little bit about Ryan Bates and his versatility, maybe costing him a starting job. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, ultimately it still could even be wins the right guard job out of camp. If, if an injury happens at center, for instance, he probably gets kicked there uh, over there. And then you have Torrance come in and maybe he loses that job and, uh, it, it's all kind of a, this big circle of what could happen. But right now, Osiris Torrance is kind of taking some rookie lumps. And to be expected, he he was listed as the best pure guard uh, in this draft class. But everything that you looked at said he was a plus run blocker. He needed work in, in the pass protection. And we've seen that at camp. We've seen him lunge at times, land on the ground a few times. Today, he had some struggles uh, against Daquan Jones. It's going to come down to, in a crucial moment, are the Bills going to feel confident enough in Osiris Torrance, or are they going to go with Ryan Bates, who they know what they're going to get out of him. It might not be elite guard play, but it's going to be pretty good guard play. It's it's going to be something where you have faith in him. And it goes back to this discussion we've had a few times over camp, Matt. Do you let your rookies take their lumps on the field? Do you let them kind of grow and develop, a la what the Chiefs did last year? Or is this such an important position, especially protecting Josh Allen? And, you know, uh, and, you know that's the main part of it, in my opinion. Um, do you go with the reliable option? So that's something that you're right. It's going to come down to the preseason games. How does Osiris Torrance look in those games? If he has any struggles in pass protection, then I think maybe you do start the year with Ryan Bates. But it would not shock me at all if Torrance ends up taking that job over at some point this year. The other piece of this, too, is... Osiris Torrance is playing a really important position because of what Josh Allen has kind of dealt with over the last eight months, going back to his last season, you know, how he was injured. That elbow was coming from, you know, his, 
his strong side. I mean, that that pass rush off of, you know, the left edge area is one that is a problem and really good interior rushers as well. You know, you don't want to put that arm in any jeopardy this year and you have to really have that right side locked down. So it's going to come down to trust how things are going. Um, I saw a question here from Carl on Facebook, which by the way, I know we don't give Facebook enough love Twitter, people that watch live on there as well. We love all the platforms. Thank you so much for supporting. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel as well. Was Alan almost injured during training camp? And actually he left the field on Monday for about 10 minutes. It's always hard to understand like what they're doing real time. If we don't get an update right away. So you don't want to overreact to anything, kind of get an update. Josh Allen has, he left the field. He returned 10 minutes later. He didn't miss a single um, snap uh, in first team reps that entire practice. And so it kind of just felt like old news. Like he came back, uh, whatever happened. Um, Ken Dorsey said today that uh, there you go, Reg. Is that Reg? No, that that's old girl Gracie. I think Get she, after uh, it, Gracie. I love yeah, it. I'm almost 14. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't, that's all, if it's not one, it's the other. All right, I like it. And, uh, you know, if it's not, if it's not one, it's the other, it's the horn, the, 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 the train horn coming through. Um, so Alan, we, we was revealed today by Ken Dorsey that he just had to go out and get stretched a little bit. Um, I don't know what specific stretch was happening. Um, you know, if it was something to do with the arm, the elbow, lower body, it wasn't indicated, but he was out there today. He was slinging it. Now I will say, it was a really hard start for the offense. They they ran goal line right from the jump. Mm-hmm. I have it written in my notes here. And by the way, Ryan, one of the most engaging comments I've ever made on an episode of Shout was when I said that this bad boy, we'd have to do something to kind of um, auction it off for, for some of our insiders. There's a lot of juice in here. A lot of days and notes going back to last year. OTAs 2022, Ryan. That's how far back. Ooh. So this is like two full off seasons worth of notes and some regular season notes from last year. So, um, yeah, we'd have to talk about that, uh, come up with a fun idea. And, and then I'd have to have that person sign an NDA if they want the notebook, because they're not allowed to put it out, uh, any of the in- information there, but Allen with four straight incompletions to start goal line work. And now listen, it's tough down there, right? Especially when you run four straight run plays. Um, the, the fifth play was Allen, uh, to, Dawson Knox for uh, a, a really nice touchdown uh, on a little out route. And I believe it was against Terrell Bernard, who I have a, a note on for later in the show. Uh, the offense really just started getting comfortable over the course of practice. And then they started running some full um, field, um, moving the ball down the, down the field. They were, you know, uh, marking the line of scrimmage. Uh, that was a couple of Latavius Murray's runs. They were, they were keeping downs. And I thought that Josh Allen really settled in and, Play of the day was a throw to, to Stefan Diggs working against Tredavious White. And it's it was a great play down the left sideline, probably like a 25-yard pass play that was just – the ball was just gorgeous. Like, you know, Trey White had elite sticky coverage on, on Diggs. The only place you're, you're hitting Diggs on this throw, if you're Josh Allen, is over the top because Trey was on his back shoulder pads. And it was, it was a great rep by both guys. And it was just, the throw was too good. It's one of those that you really can't do anything about. It was one-on-one off on an Island, which I think there's a side conversation about how, how important that is. The Trey is still looking like this guy a couple weeks into camp, but um, the offense started going. Josh Allen made a couple of good throws. Uh, there was only one interception, I believe in practice. And it came off of Kyle Allen. We'll talk about that in a second. 
Yeah. So, you know, going into all of this red zone work, they, they really did kind of struggle a little bit early on. Uh, but once Allen, the offense started going, like you said, they were hitting big plays in the field, some of which we will talk more specifically about than others. But that Stefan Diggs play comes to mind and it shows one, the chemistry that the two of them have together, just knowing exactly where to put the ball. Uh, but two, like you said, it, you know, Trey White here, we're at the end of camp and White is, is having a really strong camp. He was toe, you know, right there, shoulder to shoulder with Stefan Diggs running with him. Uh, it was just a perfectly placed ball. And, and, you know, based on your observation, based on what else was out there, uh, White was almost like shocked that the play was actually completed uh, against him because of how good the coverage was. So White's looked really good. This offense got a little, you know, a little slow in the uh, red zone or goal line type area, but they started to pick things up throughout today's practice as well. Um, speaking of picking things up, everybody's got to pick up some concert tickets every once in a while, right? Game day tickets. You're going to see the bills, uh, first preseason game this weekend, or maybe you want to pick up tickets, uh, to the home opener against the Raiders, whatever it is. Tops has you covered uh, with a great sweepstakes going on right now. Shop with your bonus plus and you're automatically entered for a chance to win one of three $500 prizes for concert or and game day tickets every time you purchase fresh or frozen burger patties from the meat department. This contest is going on right now for a couple more weeks through September 2nd, 2023. Man, there's nothing like winning free concert tickets or game day tickets, right, right? No, you cannot beat that. I mean, free tickets. Uh, the way things are going now in this economy, Matt, you can't beat it. Yeah, this the economy's tough uh, for for everybody. <laughs> and you know, speaking of tough, like there are some there's some depth guys on this roster that I want to talk about defensively that had really good days today, and two guys that I think have been sneaky under the radar performers in training camp and one of them is Cortez Broughton yeah. uh defensive tackle I don't think anybody had him on their radar going into training camp and like I was sitting there on the sideline today with Joe Biscalia from the athletic and we were just you know every single time it's like oh there's 94 making a play whether it be in one-on-ones shutting uh, having a really really good rep against Osiris Torrance in one-on-ones or then you kind of advance it into team drills and he's getting more and more opportunities and um had to end up having like a, a hand in a sack was really tough on the goal line when he got a chance to work against second team. And now of course, like going up against second team interior offensive lineman, and it's not always, you know, the strongest group, but I, I really think that this is a guy that is going to push um, defensive tackle Ilianku favorite practice squad favorite for that spot, maybe after a final roster cuts. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. And for fans that are not familiar with Kurt, uh, Curtis Broughton, he was a former seventh-round pick of the Los Angeles Chargers. He was there for two years. Uh, he had a stop with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then he's been with the Bills uh, since 2022, and he's flashed a little bit for this team. And uh, this summer, he's had a strong camp. There's been some uh, UDFAs and some uh, guys, I don't want to call him a journeyman. He's only been in the league since 2019, but some under the radar players, I guess is the best way of putting it, that have flashed at times this season. And, and Broughton has been one of them on the defensive side of the ball. I'm just reading some comments here. Uh, the the uh, subtext is uh, filling up. People get really mad at me, Ryan, when I do that. Like the, uh, when 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 I'm not listening to you. But I was just you know, I was letting you get your your Broughton take off. Right. Like, what's what's wrong with that? No, nothing wrong with that. A good depth. 
option at a very deep position already where they might be rolling five deep in season, but uh, you always want to have one or two guys on your practice squad and, and Broughton's done enough this summer to make his case. Um, I want to talk about Saran Neal. He had an interception today and there was actually a moment where a little bit of a, like, you know, oohs and ahs for a couple seconds there, or maybe some panic Diggs, Stefan Diggs and Saran Neal collided uh, in the end zone they were both down for a few few moments. Diggs was up before Neil, and then Neil gave the thumbs up, and I think that they were okay. But, man, Neil was just competing, and he got up for an interception. Kyle Allen didn't see him kind of hanging out uh, in the in, in the path of his throw, and Neil gets up uh, on a ladder and picks it off and, and runs it a, uh, for a few the other way. I mean, it's, it's a guy that, like, listen, we talk about him as a special teamer, but the way they've used him during training camp, I, he feels like so much more than that to me, Ryan, like he's, he's somebody that is primarily playing in the slot now. Like he's like that, you know, he's listed as the second um, slot uh, cornerback behind um, Taron Johnson. And I just think he's somebody that just continues to get better and more comfortable in this defense. He's got that, um, you know, con continuity, but for playing for John Butler for all these years, maybe, you know, they could have some more. We've been talking a lot about Taylor Rapp being utilized as more of like a utility kind of guy at times in the defense. Maybe Neil, there's a plan for him. The versatility has always been there with Saran Neal. We've seen it. We've seen the athleticism. We've seen how much of a hard hitter he is. We know how important he is, however, too, to the special teams unit. I'm not saying that's why he's been kept off of the defense on a regular basis, uh, but he is arguably their, you know, their most important special teams player in terms of the, the gunner role that he plays and, and things of that nature. But when he's been on this defense, he's had some really nice moments over the course of his career and at camp today recording an interception. We know that he has the athleticism to match up nicely against some tight ends. Uh, he did it against Travis Kelsey. He's done it against others in this league. It's just all about, you know, matching personnel this year. And they brought in Taylor Rapp for a reason, but there might be a time where Saran Neal has his number called too. And based on everything that he's done this summer, uh, I think Bills fans should feel pretty confident about him if that time comes. Um, I, I said Serenio was second on the depth chart. He's actually third behind Cam Lewis, who has also had an absolutely amazing yes. training camp. So still probably some work to do for Neil. And we'll see, though, like Cam Lewis, how long is he out? Uh, obviously, they probably want to get a look at him in um, some of these preseason games. But I buried the lead, Ryan, and thankfully you were on the ball and you uh, sent me a little note here. We didn't talk about these slot receivers, which I think is like slowly becoming a really intriguing storyline around this team. Like who is if you want to call it that wide receiver three or like the slot receiver, right on the depth chart, they list De um, Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir together. They're not separated. They're at that number one spot. And I, and I asked uh, Ken Dorsey about that today about like whether or not this is something that you want to land on one guy. And if you do, why that might be important to the offense, like how you call things. And he said, there's the ability to use multiple guys um, at times based off uh, what you're trying to get done, uh, especially at that spot. But he said, I think on some routes that you want a certain guy in there, you know, from a rep standpoint, I think that's one of those where we're going to see how things unfold throughout the rest of camp here between that competition. But the great thing about both those guys is they do have the ability to go outside. So it's almost like, if they do land at one spot, you have the situation where the other one can fill in at other areas. Now, I don't know how much they are going to be able to do that because they're both right. 
kind of having up and down training camps, Ryan. And it was like, it was one of these days today where both of them had a chance to make big plays. Khalil Shakir uh, gets a quick ball on him, kind of like on a, on, on a quick route. And there's Taylor Rapp. And I could tell he felt him coming. And he just like, it went off his shoulder pads. He bobbled it. The hands for Shakir to me have been the biggest like minus for him this training camp. He ends up dropping it because Rap comes in and puts a good stiff thud on him and he can't kind of regain control of the ball. And that, there's a, a blown opportunity. Then Deontay Hardy, explosive play potential, like 25, 30 yards downfield. Josh Allen airs it out. He goes up and it, I don't think anybody broke up the pass run. I was, I was kind of on the far end of the field, so it was a tough uh, kind of to see. But he goes up to catch it. It looked like he had it. He comes down at the very last moment. It pops out. And it's one of those like, all right, Deontay Hardy, like those are the kinds of plays that, you know, those were the highlights we were seeing when the Bills signed him, shared on social media. Those are plays he's got to make. Yeah, those are plays that they're expecting him to make in season and that he should be making at training camp. And and it's interesting what Ken Dorsey said, you know, part of it might come down to the situation and the Bills might be in a, in a look where they are going to run the ball. And that's when I think you'll see Khalil Shakir in that quote unquote wide receiver three role, because he really developed nicely as a blocker last season. Deontay Hardy is listed at five, six, and I'm not even sure if he is five, six, he's a very smaller uh, wide receiver. But if you're looking to get the big play downfield, that's when you're going to want Deontay Hardy on the field. So I don't think the Bills necessarily have to pick one player for that role. It, it might come down to situations, just like Ken Dorsey said. And and both of them today had a big drop in a you know pivotal or crucial moment for this team. So you want to see them get that out of their systems now in the preseason when they get their opportunities to make those plays. And as you know, they've had ups and downs. And as good as their ups have been, it's funny. Uh, Trent Sherfield, another kind of a new phase along with Deontay Hardy, I feel like has had the best camp of all these receivers that uh, besides Diggs and Davis, and he's not necessarily up for that role, but man, he's had quite the summer, Matt, and um, it, the Bills are just really deep at that position. So it's nice that they have position versatility. It's nice that they have players uh, that they have slotted that can play behind Diggs and Davis, and they have some guys that are up for that slot role too. No, I'm glad that you bring up Sherfield because I was taken aback a bit when Dorsey was asked about him this morning and he kind of took a deep breath for a moment and he was asked like, what stood out about Sherfield? And he just took a moment to respond. Then he's like a lot. And he started with like the mental part of it. It's not just like, sure. He's out there making plays, but like the comfort level to come in and download an offense. And I think part of that comes from playing in a Shanahan offense in, in San Francisco, playing for Mike McDaniel in Miami, like those are really complex schemes yeah. that I feel like allow players to then go to other places that have similar maybe kind of comp complexities to their system and allow him to kind of download it quicker just because of how much he's already had on his plate. And that's the thing that he's he mentioned first and foremost. And then I had an observation about him. You know, Stefan Diggs does this thing at the beginning where he doesn't have to do special teams. And so off to the side, him and Gabe Davis – they're playing catch with fans. They're warming up with wide receivers coach Adam Henry, kind of having a good old time. Uh, there was this one young uh, man on the sideline, and maybe like a coach's kid or or somebody uh, was on the sideline, and, and Diggs was playing catch with him and actually, you know, showing him some different ways to catch the football. And um, it was just a cool moment, right? But like away from things, and Diggs and Davis, they've been in this offense for a long time. So like this is, you know, old hat for them. Trent Sherfield, while all of this is going on, he's 
knee deep in, in, in all the special teams work that they're doing. Cause don't forget about him. He's a four team, four yeah. phase special teams player. So he's doing all that comes over to the individual work. They're running through all the individual stuff. And in between reps, there's Trent Shearfield, cool as a cucumber playing catch with the little kid, talking to the little kid on the sideline. Like there's no stress. Like he, 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 whatever's coming his way in practice, he's prepared for, he's ready for it's, it's impressive. It, it is impressive. And, you know, you mentioned the the systems that he played, and I think that that's a great talking point, the Shanahan's, the Mike McDaniel. I, I wouldn't say that Arizona has had as much success as those guys, but I think Cliff Kingsbury brought in a an offense that was highly, you know, efficient in college, struggled in the pros to make it work. But he's been in a lot of systems with a lot of really smart offensive minds. So he comes to this system with Ken Dorsey, and he's picked it up very quickly and, uh, it's just been one of those things where you're like, well, you know, Sherfield, I think he's going to have a decent or he's going to have some kind of role in this team to now the end of training camp. I'm sitting here saying, I think he's going to have a sizable role on this team. Even if he's listed behind Davis and Diggs, they're going to need to get spe uh, a spell at times, a breather here and there. You trust him as a, as a blocker being the best uh, blocking wide receiver in the league last year by, by pro football focuses analytics. So there's a, so much to like about him coming in, and he's only built off of that this summer, actually from the spring on, where Josh Allen built a rapport with him right out of the gate. So uh, I would say Trent Sherfield is someone to really be excited about for Bills fans. I'll tell you who's really excited about something, and that is the Shout Buffalo Bills text insiders right now. They are chopping it up with you, Ryan Talbot, myself, Matt Perino. Um Anytime you have a question, anything you want to talk about, you can text us. You get all of our analysis on the Bills firsthand right away as soon as it's ready to go. And if you want to sign up for it, just text 716-528-6727. Uh, we'll get you in there. It's a two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. And we have a question from the, the text group right now. Uh, it comes from one of our regulars, Faith. How are you? Shout out to you. Should Bills fans be worried about Deontay Harris? or um, excuse me, Damian Harris. I hate that he struggled with injury in the past because I really like him as an addition, hoping it's just something, uh, just being more proactive than something actually wrong. Now, I will say knee soreness, I think tends to lean towards maybe the less serious type of injury. But whenever you're talking about anything on the legs, feet, ankles, um, knees, hamstrings, um, even if you want to go as high as like the hips for a running back, it's definitely cause for concern. And it's like, this is part of this guy's MO. There's a reason he's signing a veteran minimum contract as somebody that's, you know, has a thousand yard season under his belt, rushed for 15 touchdowns as a sophomore in the league. So there's a lot to like about Damian Harris, but I think like this is concerning only because I also think there's a little bit of worry about the build of James Cook and how he is going to handle the workload of an RB1 in the league. Like what, what's going to happen to his body 200, 250 touches into the season? How does he hold up? Can you count on Harris? And I know it's great to have Murray, like we said at the top of the show, but you know, if you lose Cook and now you're looking at Harris Murray and or or you lose Harris, now you're looking at Cook Murray, like you could be in a, a problematic situation at some point. 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose someone that you have slotted to, to play decent-sized role for your offense, it should be somewhat concerning. But that being said, we don't know the you know the severity of this. It's knee soreness that does sound like you said on the less severe side, maybe a day-to-day type deal. Bill's just being kind of pro- proactive with it, which would be smart to do. But based on his track record, based on his history, struggling to stay healthy for a full you know season over his time in New England, uh, I think it's fair to say, okay, well, something's already kind of popping up here that's keeping him off the field. Uh, but having Latavius Murray helps with that. Having a uh, a Mims potentially on your practice squad that you're going to maybe have enough faith in is that number three running back is, is a, a good thing. But it, it's also one of these positions where I still think there's some talented backs on the market. And if push came to shove in season, I think they could even find a, a veteran out there that could – come in and be that running back three in this. And this is just all a hypothetical. If something were to happen to Harris behind cook behind Murray, and you would feel good because in my opinion, cook's going to probably double his uh, workload as a runner. He went, had about five and a half carries last year per game on average. I think 11 to 12 carries is, is a realistic expectation. I'm not looking for him to be this uh, workhorse type back, but that leaves, you know, it doesn't leave a ton of carries for, Harris and Murray with the way this offense works. So I think you're good if you still have another guy behind Cook that you believe in. But anytime someone, like I said originally, that you have slotted in your mind is having a sizable role, and I, I think Harris can be that goal line type of uh, back, the short yardage type of back based on his success in New England, uh, I just think that it's okay to kind of say, yeah, that there should be some concerns going forward you want to see if he can kind of make it through this season healthy is your is your head always cut off in your in in your screen no i don't think it is right now is it it was when you were talking but maybe because you were oh, just really excited maybe. about what you no, were I was talking just really about really excited so like i must have forward in. yeah no, it was just it had me it. miffed for a second there excuse me um i, I want to talk about terrell bernard for a quick second here um, before we do, Pops uh, Mafia over on YouTube asks, who will play running back Saturday? I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, I don't think Cook plays. I think Harris with the knee, you probably hold him out. Maybe a series for Latavius Murray and then a lot of Mims and Darrington Evans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think – I know with three preseason games, it also does change the dynamic of how much you play certain players at certain positions. Uh, but there are certain guys that you don't need to see out there. You don't want to have out there. You don't want to risk some kind of fluke injury. Uh, so the, the way you kind of set it up, one or two series for Murray, uh, half or maybe two quarters for Mims, and then the rest can go to Evans, who you brought in here. Not recently, but within the past few weeks. All right. Um, Bernard. So he got the most of the reps at first team middle linebacker today. Still, obviously, a, a, a very – um, intense competition for that starting st- starting spot. Not a lot to report from team stuff, but I saw one play that I really wanted to highlight with him that I thought was noteworthy. And it was during, uh, I believe it was nine on seven. And if it wasn't nine on seven, it was right early in 11 on 11. But he fit a gap on a run play that really made me like take notice, like the physicality that he used at the point of attack the thud that he put on the running back, I think it might have been Murray, and just like the pursuit angle. And 
what made it pop for me is like that's to me was what they were talking about when they drafted Bernard as not only his ability as a blitzer, but his ability to read and bounce off blocks and almost negotiate blocks so that he doesn't have to try to, to bounce off them. And that was one of the first times where I really started saw in real time like, okay, now maybe I could start to see the path to Bernard for this job if he can start to make some of those plays in the preseason games. And it goes back to what Bobby Babich said. They were asked about losing Tremaine Edmonds just a few days ago, and he said, you know, linebackers like Edmonds don't just come off the street. You don't find guys like that very often in terms of the, the size, the athletic traits. But he also said this is a an evolving game, an ever-changing game, and it's important to have someone that has athleticism and can provide that physical style of play when necessary. And he said – I feel like Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard and Bale Inspector are all linebackers that can bring the physicality when needed. They might not have that Edmund size, but they have the athleticism. They have the physicality when needed, and they're matchup type of linebackers that he says in today's NFL is kind of what you need out there on the field. And uh, he spoke about the development of Matt Milano over his career, and that's what they're hoping to get at middle linebacker with some of these younger guys like a – uh, Bernard, and and maybe he doesn't start out of the gate. Maybe it's Dodson, but it's just all about his evolution as a player. Last year, could hardly get on the field, really struggled when he was on the field. Really strong spring, has had some ups and downs this summer, but he's definitely light years ahead of where he was one year ago. So I think that's promising if you're Babbage. I think it's really promising to see that things are starting to click for him in terms of when to be physical, when to show that athleticism. I'm taking the right kind of angles. All of those are, are plus marks or check marks in the the positive column if you're you know monitoring and evolving the, the play of Bernard. Um, I want to talk too really quick about just the defensive line in general. This is kind of like more of an overarching point, but one that I wanted to make sure to make. You know, Greg Rousseau was really good today, and so was Daquan Jones. And Jones has been just solid the whole training camp long he's such an asset to be able to really test that interior of the line and you know I thought today Russo had a couple reps against Spencer Brown where one in particular where he got um right in on uh Josh Allen so quickly Russo did getting uh, by Spencer Brown that he like he didn't even sack him he just kind of like ran into him and that ended up affecting the pass and ended up going incomplete and Jones is just like He's pushing interior guys back. I mean, listen, I talked about Torrance struggling a little bit, but like, you know, Connor, Mc Connor McGovern at times has been just as, you know, overwhelmed, if you will, just because of, you know, the power of that interior. I mean, they're, they're really good. They go deep. I thought Puna Ford had a couple reps today. I know people were concerned about him popping up as number three uh, at defensive tackle behind uh, Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. I wouldn't over like read too much into that, Ryan. I think that's more about the fact that Settle and Phillips were here last year and they're going to make right. um, him Puna earn it. Um, but I, I think he's been solid. I think he's been powerful. I think what he does, this isn't the setting that's going to really allow him to make his impact. He's got to get into games. He's got to get reps. He's got to get snaps. And, and, and what he does sometimes you're not even going to see because it's other guys that are going to be really, I think, benefiting from his presence. Yeah, I mean, he had the the pick six interception and that got fans all excited early on in camp. But it's a very unsexy position in terms of 
the, the plays that you make. You're usually helping other guys make plays. You're taking on double teams. You're uh, maybe you're making the quarterback move off of his, you know, his mark, so to speak. And, and it helps other guys clean up. But Puna Ford's had a very, very good summer as has Tim Settle, as has Daquan Jones. It's just one of those positions that we've mentioned is maybe among the deepest on this team. And I expect them to probably roll five deep at the position. I'm not worried about Puna Ford. And then just depth charts in general, Bills Mafia, don't read too much into them. Uh, I don't know how many of you scour them across the league, but it, the Atlanta Falcons put out their first uh, depth chart, Matt, and they had B. John Robinson listed as their third string running back. And if anyone in here thinks that B. John Robinson is going to be their third string running back this year, uh, I'm going to tell you right now that's not going to happen. So, you know, don't read too much into it. Puna Ford has had a very, very nice summer. He's, I think he's grasped the playbook very well out of the gate. Um, what do you want to go to? Anything else we got to hit before we get out of here, Mr. Talbot? Oh, boy. Oh, we've had a question about Kyle Allen. We already mentioned that he had the interception today that was uh, picked off by Saran Neal, but he was coming off of one of his better practices going into this. Uh, what did you think of his overall day today? You know, it's just I, I think at times it's a struggle for him. And, you know, he'll make, a, he'll make a good throw here or there, but the consistency as he's still trying to learn, I think, the offense. I, I think for a guy like Kyle Allen, I mentioned, you know, where Sherfield has really stood out. That's the biggest challenge is like, first of all, you have to come in here and be the backup quarterback to one of the best in the league, which is its own kind of dilemma. Yeah. And then you got to learn this intensive, like deep playbook that's actually been pretty much installed since the spring. I mean, Ken Dorsey said they, they installed 90, 90% of it during OTAs and then just add a little bit incrementally over the time since then. So he's had a huge bulky playbook to digest and he's out there trying it for the first time. And it's like, you know, uh, just think about anything like that you learn for the first time and then you got to go try to apply it. And it's, it's an offense built around the biggest freak playing the position. I, I can see why there's been a struggle at times. Yeah, and that's a great talking point. You know, you, you watch Josh Allen play in these practice settings, and mind you, he's been in a system very similar to what Ken Dorsey has with Brian Dable before that, uh, and he's one of the elite of the elite in this league, you know, number eight overall in the league based on the NFL 100 list. And then any quarterback that's going to come in after him is going to generally look like a significant step down because you don't usually have a – Josh Allen at number two quarterback waiting in the wings. I mean, there are some teams that draft and develop and bring guys along that are uh, good quarterbacks and things like that. But Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley, there are significant gaps between guys like that and a guy like Josh Allen. So the fact that they're struggling, the fact that Kyle Allen specifically is struggling in this new system isn't a major surprise. Is it concerning? Yeah. If you're a Bills fan and you're concerned, I think you're valid in that, right? You, but it also goes down to if any starting quarterback in this league goes down in season, generally that team's not going to go you know, very far. For every Brock Purdy and Nick Foles feel-good story, there's about a, you know 98% of the other time where just the, the teams kind of fall on their face and have really bad seasons. So keeping Allen, Josh Allen healthy and on the field is obviously the key for this team. Uh, the key for your shopping, uh, knocking things off and not spending too much money is to bring up the, the, the tops local ad, uh, wherever you live. If you have a tops nearby, grab the local ad. They have great deals on all of your favorite local products right now, 1199 for the Salem smokehouse, uh, three pound bag of hot dogs. 
family favorite at the Prino household. Get yourself $7.99 a pound of Salen's uh, ham or three for 12 on Perry's ice cream uh, tops. Has all the, the best deals on all your local favorites. Ryan, we only have one day left to training camp. It's it's almost over. I can't believe how quickly it went. It's unbelievable how quickly it goes. You blink and it's over. You know, you, you're probably, it probably feels like you just kind of uh, brought everything into that dorm room. And tomorrow at this time, you're probably going to have it all out of there and be back on your way to Buffalo. Yeah, I cheated a little bit. I got most of it out the other day because I'm going back tonight. Uh, we got some family pictures that we have to knock out. Uh, and then I'll be back in the morning tomorrow. Shoot the podcast in here once again. Pack everything up that I have. It's it's very limited, and we're out of town. Just yeah. like we we were never here at all. Yeah, and shout out to the the Perino and Green family. So many talented photographers in that family. <laughs> so it feels like you guys are always getting pictures taken. They always come out great. Yeah, my sister's doing our our picks. Uh, my father in law Donnie Green uh, again with just a, a slew of amazing yes. photos from uh, our event out at Dorado. When Wingnuts came and just absolutely, you know, shut the shut down Park Avenue. I think they sold sixteen hundred chicken wings in about seven or eight hours. So it was a special night. It was so great to meet all of you that came out. Uh, stay tuned for details on our next show. Uh, maybe eyeing the home opener weekend. Get people in town. Uh, big debut episode at the Amherst location. That's just what I'm hearing through the grapevine. Nothing official, uh, but stay tuned for that. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. We'll see you tomorrow. Training camp. Uh, we'll put a big bow on this thing. See you then.